how are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. Even better after our mate Tom's uh, heroics on Sunday. So, yes, welcome to Man in the Stand, everyone. And it's a double celebration this week. Uh, me and Matt both tipped out Tom Hoagie. So that's a double uh, a double tippage. I don't know if we did that last year. Did we, Matt, at any one time? I don't think we've done it. I think it's a... Uh... It, it, do you know what? It's an absolutely brilliant thing that it was Tom Hoagie that brought it in because it's one that you've been banging for a while uh, and I've joined on a bit more recently. But no, it's our first joint winner, I believe. Yeah, and it was good odds too. So, um, it, you know, I'm really made up for Tom Hoagie. Uh, he's got the quality, you know, and you, you, you were starting to see that off the stats. He was turned in the corner and, you know, the only thing that was shaky about Tom Hoagie was his putting, but he managed to sort of right the ship in the in the back nine and, uh, and and scored a fabulous win at 60 to 1. So, I mean, that was a great result for us, uh, both of our first wins for the, for the season. And um, so we both got, you know, good for man in the stand, coming in at odds of, um, of, of, of decent numbers and, uh, and Tom Hoagie, you know, great to get that monkey off his back. There was like 204 events or something like that, which was way more than I thought he'd actually, uh, I, I thought it was a few, a few less than that. So, uh, you know, I, I, and, and what a great tournament to win too, eh? Yeah, I mean, he's not as young as you think he is, is he? You, uh, he must be, he's early 30s, I think, about 33. Yeah. Um, but it's, <clears throat> he's been trending for a while. I think you spotted it earlier than me, like I said, but... It's a bit about it's about catching lightning in a bottle, isn't it? It's about finding that week where actually he, he just puts well enough to let his ball strike ball striking speak for itself. Yeah. Um, looking through the stats, he did he actually gained strokes um, put in this week, which is is all you ever need from Tom Hoggy because he's going to hit greens in reg. His irons speak for themselves. I think in that field he was about number four, um, and I'm just really pleased for him. He seemed. His interview afterwards, he just seemed really glad that he'd won because actually he's been knocking on the door for a while with the T2 at the Amex and just playing really good golf for a long time. Yeah, so, and he's, 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 like, he's, he's kind of like one of those Midwest uh, American boys, like he's from North Dakota or something like that. You know, like he's really, um, or Nebraska or something like that. He's really very down to earth, um, uh, humble, uh, lovely guy. And uh, as you say, lovely to see him convert all of that quality iron play that he's been racking up on the stats. And uh, I did think. When he double bodied that par three, uh, when he got that five on that par three, I think it was on was it about the I don't know was it the eighth or ninth hole? I thought, oh dear, um, that uh, I thought that was that was curtains for Tom. So I was I was thrilled to see him, uh, you know, push on and 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 take the win and and uh, and hold off you know hold off a hard charging Jordan Spieth, which is no no mean feat, is it? No, not at all. I'll be honest, I was absolutely with you. I kind of, I'd almost given up on him when he, uh, just that first iron shot, I was I was kind of frustrated for him because he was playing so well. And yeah. to miss a green off the tee with a nine iron with relatively little wind on that par three. Yeah. It, it's poor course management maybe, but actually it was just a lack of execution on the shot. Um, and I kind of gave up for him. But then, similar to the Amex, if you think yeah. you've come to at the Amex, but he kind of rallied on the back nine at the Amex too. And yeah. I was ridiculously yeah. impressed with his iron play on the back nine. Um, I think it was one of those where you just waited for him to get the ball in the ball in play off the off the fairway off the tee, and then just wait for him to hit those iron shots. And I think Jordan was doing his best to stick a few close, but I think virtually every green Tom Hoagie was between eight and twenty feet. He was just relentless, and he never had to like a couple of the others. Cantley was very scratchy mm. um, in terms of his approach stuff, but he never really had to scramble. He kept giving himself the opportunities, and then he hauled the one at um, was it sixteen. Mm. And then obviously another at 17, and then yeah. it, it kind of just made it for him. But he was so consistent that he almost didn't give himself the chance to go backwards after that double. Um, and actually, it's kind of a big tick in his column, isn't it, to see that he has had 
his battles in the front nine of a round on Sunday, but he's mm. not stopped him, and he's kind of found a bit more for the experience. Hasn't he got a lovely looking swing too? Uh, it's very balanced. He, he finishes really well. It, lo- it looks really, um, really in control when he's finished, and uh, he kind of he's kind of like an old sort of school player, like a Raymond Floyd or something like that. You know, he's. Um, uh, I, I think that yeah, he's not done yet. So, um, okay, let's just wrap that up as well. Uh, let's look at um, who else finished where in the top ten. So, Tom Hoagie wins the Pebble Beach Pro Am, uh, his first maiden victory, uh, and after two hundred and three tournaments. So, well done to Tom at nineteen under. He finished four under on the final round with a with a strong back nine. Jordan Spieth did everything he could, um, but uh, just perhaps just was a little bit scratchy in parts, a little bit inconsistent, uh, but still a very good uh, a very good day for Jordan Spieth, finishing second on 17 under, three under for the final round. Bo Hosler, I haven't heard that name for a while. Um, he uh, he finished third uh, and uh, 16 under, one under for the final round. Troy Merritt also, um, uh, he came storming up the field, five under for the final round to finish um, 15 under, tied fourth with Patrick Cantley, who had a, 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 a very scratchy day. Very, uh, I, I actually personally... Even though my money was on Hoagie, I thought Cantley's got this. I just didn't believe that he wouldn't he wouldn't not win on Sunday. So I was surprised to have him such a bad final round. Uh, one under, fifteen under for the tournament, tied fourth, and then just to round out the top ten, Matthew Fitzpatrick, strong day, uh, final day, four under for the final round, finishing the tie for six on fourteen under with Joel Damon, who finished even par, a little bit lackluster, but he'd be disappointed at that considering he was right up the lead um, in the first nine. Andrew Putman uh, tied six and fourteen under as well, went over for his day, so a bit of a disappointing day. And Jonathan Bird, a strong day, um, finishing five under for his final round and uh, thirteen under tied ninth with Pat Perez, who also had a good last day, and Seamus Power, who just keeps on racking up these um, top 10 finishes, 13 under for the final, he'll be disappointed in the even final round, uh, and he will be really un- unhappy about that, and just outside the top 10, Keith Mitchell, um, 12 under for the final uh, round, uh, tied 12, 12 under, and 2 under for his final round with Denny McCarthy. So, um, yeah, a, a great tournament. Lovely. Uh, I, I, I'm glad we're done with these multi-course formats, though. Now we can move to back to the way golf uh, God intended it, uh, with uh, one round. Uh, um, sorry, one course over four rounds, and uh, we go to um, Party Town, USA. We go to Arizona for the uh, Waste Management Phoenix Open. Um, it's going to be really interesting because obviously they're going to, you know, this is going to be the tournament where they have all the people back in and uh, and they have all the mass and the noise. And um, what's your sort of take on the Phoenix Open, Matt? It's a tournament that's always good fun to watch on the telly. Um, <clears throat> I think it's a nice change of pace, isn't it, from from the proams, which are, to be quite honest, dreadfully slow. Um, and I get a, it gets a little bit dry with the showing of celebs. And there's only so many times you can see Bill Murray miss a put in a week. Oh, isn't I know. Um, But I like the Phoenix Open. I think it's a a really nice change of pace, as I say. And it's actually got an excellent field this year. Um, It is. Something. I think I read something about 18 out of the top 50 players in the world, which is remarkable when you think about where it was not so many years ago. And I think that that spot that it's now got on on Super Bowl Sunday is actually really helpful for it. And it's very much gone for that that branding idea of the the Larry event that's going to get everyone a bit excited before the Super Bowl um, of the Bengals and whoever else it is on Sunday. Um, I don't like the theatre yeah. of it. I actually don't love the um, the 16th. I think the 17th is where it's at um, with the, the risk and reward. Yeah, uh, par four. four yeah. Know, yeah. With the amphitheatre on the par three. But well, I really the, like it. I think it's an event that I've done quite well in in the past, which helps. But yeah. I think it's a reasonable test of golf. 
Um, it's an all-round test too, right? We talk about events all year and what stats metrics work for it. And often yeah. it's relatively easy to tie down in terms of um, it's about driving distance at Torrey or we want we want approach playing greens in reg at Pebble or around the green game somewhere else. But I think this is a true test in that you can't have a poor aspect of play here. You've, it's a proper test. You've got to have great tee to green numbers and you're going to have to hold putts with a high teens to 20s number. Um yeah. What I find here, and I was having a look quick back at the the past the list of past winners, that putting seems to be an odd thing here because I think they've got a whole list of poor putters that have won in the past, and I know they're extremely flat greens. So I think there might be some form of of equalisation for putting. Um, I mean, Kyle Stanley's won here in the past, so that tells you everything you need to know mm. um, about putting not being a key metric here. Um, but I quite like it because it's a true test, as I say, and. And we've got a really nice field. So I'm really looking forward to this one, I think. What I like about this course, Matt, is the final four holes. 15, yeah. 16, 17 yeah. and 18. Because you've got that par 5 15th, um, which is an eagle opportunity. Um, you've got that par 3 uh, 16th in the in the stadium, um, which you know is a, is a birdie opportunity if you can kind of master the crowd. Then you've got, as you say, my, I, it's one of my favourite holes in golf, that, um, that par 4 17th. Um, and I've watched Higideki Matsuyama over a couple of years just absolutely sling it to that uh, to that green. But you've got that water on the left hand side as as I so you know brutally got exposed with Xander Schofley, who I was on last year, who, who, who all he needed to do was stick it on the green, and he pretty much had won. Yanked it in the water, so it's um yeah. it's a that 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 water hazard on seventeen is very real and and very dangerous. And then eighteen's uh, no no gimme either. So it, it's a it's a great. It's a great four final holes. Um, and I'll just run through the um, stats on this course, so the course specs. So it's a par 71, 7,261 yards. There's four par threes, 11 par fours, and three par fives. The greens, interestingly enough, are Bermuda, overseeded with bent, power, and rye. So it's, 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 it, that might sort of speak to what you were just talking about, about you know, padding maybe not being absolutely crucial in this because I don't, I'm not sure the, the players will ever, have, you know, played on, uh, will ever, you know, throughout the year play on a tour- tournament with that, with this kind of surfaces. Um, architect is Tom Weisskopf, so it's you know, he, he he does make lovely risk and reward courses. I like Tom Weisskopf courses, uh, and it's really interesting here because this course seems to absolutely appeal to. Certain golfers um, come back here and do again well and multiple top 10 finishes again and again and again. So there are 15 players in this field who have multiple top 10 finishes over the last five years. John Rahm, Matt Kuchar, Ricky Fowler, Justin Thomas, Xander Schofle, Webb Simpson, Bob Watson, Daniel Berger, Brandon Grace, Gary Woodland, Louis Oosthuizen, Chiz Reevy, Martin Laird, James Hahn and Jordan Spieth. So that's a fairly eclectic um, bunch as well. There's not just all bombers. You know, you've got some... Um, accuracy players as well there and uh so this seems like a very much a horses for courses kind of course if you like it here i think you tend to do well here again and again so that definitely um factored very heavily on my on, on my sort of thinking this week in terms of selections um so matt without any further ado i'm going to uh, throw it over to you and uh let's keep the roll going um tell me who you like this week and why yeah, so I'm going to go with a bit of a different approach with my bets this week. Um, I've put, when I say a little less thought, it's not exactly what I mean, but I've tried to simplify it a little bit. 
Um, Because I think with it being an all-round test, it's a bit more of a feel-betting week. So we just need to think about who you fancy on any given one. Um, I broke the course down a little bit because I think greens in regulation will still be important as ever. Um, Par 4 scoring is going to be important because there's a... They've got an extra par four than the par fives here. There's only three par fives. Although mm. my, the first of my bets is based on those par fives because I read a, a ridiculous stat earlier on today. Um, of the three par fives last year, um, the whole field played them in 552 under par. So although there's less of them, they are extremely scorable, mm. um, especially if you're a decent driver of the golf ball. So um, my first bet's kind of around hoping he gets the driver back in action a little bit. Um, but looking at good tee to green, <coughs> not really putting too much effort into putting. Um, and the first bet this week is going to be Scotty Scheffler. Um, Scotty Scheffler hasn't won yet on the PGA Tour, yet I'm not altogether sure how. Um, he's played some excellent golf for an awful long time now, and I just think he's due. Um, he's, obviously, he's not got a great deal of course form. You mentioned people coming back and playing well here year after year, um, but he's shown enough in his short time on tour. A miscut in his first appearance is kind of acceptable. First time he's seen the course, he came seventh last year, um, which is more than enough for me. Um, and last time out, he actually drove the golf ball really not very well at all, yet still finished well, which tells me that the rest of his game is in really good nick. And normally, you think of Scotty Scheffler, you think of a really long driver of the ball uh, and someone who... It's kind of the crux of his game. He drives the ball well and sets himself well up to score from there. Um, so I'm hoping if the rest of his game's in good nick with an extra week off, he's going to have put a bit of work in and got it right. Um, and I think if he does play well off the tee here, he's going to have so many chances. You talk about those scorable par fours, the par fives, mm-hmm. you can really make your score on those. So I'm hoping um, that's what he's going to do this week. Um, you think of his par four scoring, he's about number 12 on tour, I think. Um, he hits greens in regulation for fun, um, and his approach play numbers are lovely. Um, I also looked at birdie or better numbers just to see how regularly players are making birdies, because um, I think that's important here too. Um, and he's in the top 10 in this event. <clears throat> and it was just one of those numbers at 30 to 1. He sat alongside uh, your mate, Daniel Berger. Um, and I was actually tempted by Berger at the same price, but the, the back injury is withdraw at Pebble was enough to make the overlook in this week, I think. Um, and there's a bit of a jump from Scotty down to, to his Anders, and I think it's worth taking the extra bit of juice in his price. So the first one for me, uh, first cab off the rank is Scotty Scheffler. I took him at 30s, is about 25s, maybe 28s now, if you're lucky to get a price. Okay. Um, number two <clears throat> is uh, definitely improver of the year, along with Seamus Power, um, Sam Burns. When you talk about a complete golfer these days, Sam Burns is almost one of the first golfers that comes to mind. He's got such a steady makeup of his game. He is an excellent putter, um, kind of far removed from the golfers that I usually back. Um, he's a really good putter, but actually his all-round game is just good. There's no other way to look at it. Um, he's prodigious off the tee, similar to Scheffler. Um, if he gets that going, it's really going to help him. Um, but his approach play numbers have been good. Around the greens actually improved. And he's, he's number eight Tita Green um, in this event. Um, and I just think I've, th- there's enough about him at 33 to one to take him rather than going for another one of those shorter ones, um, maybe Xander or, or maybe Spieth. Um, I just think there's just about enough enough juice in his price. He hasn't got much course form, um, a 22nd here along, alongside a couple of missed cuts. But I don't know, there's just something about Burns and his improvement lately that tells me the book's aren't quite giving him enough respect in his price. I'm very surprised he's a longer price than Daniel Berger. Um, and I'd probably have him longer than Scotty on current form um, in terms of their performances. And Burns having one on tour now, I'd maybe have him shorter. So another value-based player, um, Sam Burns, my second one this week. Okay. Um, three, 
is someone who I've not actually seen your picks this week, Craig, but I have a feeling you might back as well. I will soon find out. Um, it's going to be Corey Connors. Um, no, nope. Corey Connors hasn't been 50 to 1 in a long time. Mm. Um, I don't remember the last time he was that price, but he's kind of a the archetypal player who I think would play well here. You think about um, the past winners who can't really put, uh, you've got Carl Stanley, you've got Hideki, you've got Woodland. They're all pure ball strikers who maybe can't put that well. And I'm hoping kind of the convergence of, of his price, getting out to something pretty backable, um, combined with the fact that putting isn't going to be at a premium here, um, will make um, Corey Connors one of my favourite bets this week at 40 to 1. Um, he's had a 45 and a 17 here, not played it enough to say it's progressive stuff. It's enough to, to tell you that he's comfortable with the course. Um, and I think the more you play something like this, it's such a unique atmosphere, the more you get used to it and can perform under those um, parameters. Um, such steady stats. He's in the top 20 on tour in par for scoring, greens and reg, approach player, tee to green. He's got stats that should be closer to the, the 20 to 30 bracket on this board. They're they're equal to Xander's. They're equal to even Justin Thomas's lately. Um, and I just think he's an absolutely value at 50 to 1. Um, I quite like it. And I maybe had a bit of a bigger bet than I perhaps should have um, on Connors this week, but that's the hoagie money um, helping me out. <laughs> yeah. um, not mind those weeks, do you? For what it's worth, I've actually chucked a couple of quid on Tom Hoagie again because he's 120 to 1 on the machine, and that's ridiculous. It's very possible that he enjoyed his win a little bit too much, but if this was me without a hoagie win looking at the stats, I'd be taking that 60, I think. So just yeah. in case he up and gives us um, yeah, a bit of a bonus. I've had a couple of daft quid on the machine, but I'm not going to put him up as a tip. No, but I think that I think that's a good point, and I don't think he did give it a nudge afterwards because uh, he said that he's staying with his mum this week, and uh, he just said he had an interview. I watched his interview today, uh, and he said, "Yeah, I had a really nice weekend, just you know, pretty quiet." Uh, he's very, very. He's like almost you no, know, so laid back. He's almost lying down. This guy, and so he's not. He didn't seem to me to be a guy that was he had his wife there. I don't. I think they probably had a you know nice dinner or whatever. But they, I don't think he went and you know. Uh, you know, dropped a dropped a, a slab of cans or anything like that. I think he's gone. You know, he's gone to stay with his mum. Um, he's at his house. I I don't think that's a ridiculous shout at all. 120 on the machine for Tom Huggies. I don't think that's silly at all. So yeah, carry on. Perhaps, uh, didn't celebrate like you or I would have. No, um, no, not at all. Yeah, yeah. I, again, I, I like listening to be golf podcasts, as you know. And uh, one of them um, quoted an article from Data Golf that basically said if you were to look at stats over the last, I can't remember what it was, either three or six months. Tom Hoagie is performing at the level of a top 10 golfer in the world. Mm. And if you purely look at things on a stats level, which I often try and do and try and anonymize it to get some value, mm. I think it's not a flash in the pan with Tom Hoagie. I'm like, no. He's been an excellent golf for a long time. Mm. So I'm more than happy to chuck a little bit away just yeah. to see if he can, uh, it can top me up. Pay to um, find out. Pay to find out, as you would say, Matt. Pay to find out, absolutely. Um, and the last one this week, as much as I was desperate to back in Matty Neesmith again, I'm not going to. Um, I'm going to back someone I, I put on my card last week and he withdrew with COVID. So I guess that has to be factored into your doubts, but he's 200 to 1. So I think that more than... Um, it is factored into the price at 200 to 1. You're not having to have a great big stake to make a really decent profit. And it's James Hahn. Um, I... I have liked James Hahn for a while. His numbers have been trending. Um, I only put him up for the first time, first time last week. But when you look at his approach play figures, for the last six months, he's number 52 
in this field. If you look the last three months, he's 19 in this field. And if you look for the last 30 days, so only the really recent events, he's the number one approach player, field, approach player in this field, which tells you enough um, that he's actually hitting the ball exceptionally well. Um, his par four scoring, when you think about that price and how much should be factored in in every player on the PGA Tour, um, and I actually use the stats from <coughs> calendar year, so 2021, because there's a far bigger sample size than there is from uh, January onwards. He's number 12 on tour. Um, that's with all the elite golfers in the world in par four scoring. Wow. Um, I just Those are numbers I can't really ignore. And I was really good he didn't play last week because I fancied him there. But if I'm to read you his... If I was to to just have a random guess at his course figures for um, for the Phoenix Open, I don't know why. I, this hasn't clocked before when I looked at it previous years. But in the last four years, he's come 10th, 25th, 67th and 11th. Now, that doesn't scream guaranteed winner. But, I mean, three top 25s and a 10th and an 11th, that's enough to tell me that he absolutely likes it here. Um, and he could be capable of far outrunning that 200 to 1 price. So... Yeah, I really like that at the price. Um, so rather than split stakes and go kind of uh, half half a point each way, I've done a full point on James Hahn this week because I think he could run into a place. I mean, you look at the past winners, to win it outright is probably going to be optimistic when you look at the names of your Bubbers and your Hideki's and your Brooks's and your Speeths. But I like you say, there's eight places these days. You're getting a more than enough bang for your buck if he has a run at it. So James Hahn, 200 to 1. Uh, to round off my card of four this week. Um, there may well be an extra on Twitter tomorrow if I can wait for a price on one, but probably going to stick to the four, I think. Okay. Thank you, Matt. Uh, yeah, I, I I don't disagree with a couple of those at all. Uh, as I say, I, I think um, Tommy, Ho- Tommy Hoagie is, um, is an interesting watch this week. And um, James Hahn's interesting. Yeah, I, I can see that guy. He's, he's got the talent, and, and the stats you're referring to are, are pretty compelling. Um, so let's see. Yeah. All right, I am going to uh, give you mine. Uh, so, I'm. Go- I think this is all about. I think this is going to be all about those last four holes uh, come Sunday. Well, I, across the four days, uh, and as you say, if you can make hay on those par fives uh, with eagles or birdies, you know, you can, pars are not acceptable on those par fives, as you say. Like so, if you, if you, eagles are going to separate you from the field as well. So I've gone for a combination of players who've played well here in the past, but also have the ability to to to, to hit long approach shots from from a long way out and, and sort of bomb it onto the green and uh, and have a bit of quality about them as well. And just and also value, you know, I'm, I'm always, like like you said, there's the Hideki's and the John Rams and all of that. John, Justin Thomas, yep, you can take those, but not for me. That's just too short. So well I'll try, try and keep we'll try and keep pulling in um, you know sixty to one or better like we did last week. So I'm going my first pick is Gary Woodland at eighty to one with Star Sport. Gary Woodland for me I'm interested in Gary Woodland. I think he's turned a corner. He got badly injured last year, and he had to sort of kind of make his comeback last year, slowly but surely. Uh, his, his injury was almost uh, career-ending. He said his, his back was um, completely gone, and he was in, in, real, in real trouble. And he played okay and, and sort of uh, he got in contention a couple of times and threw it away and, and all that. It was his first tournament last year. The first time he played in 2022 was at uh, Torrey Pines, and he played it quite well. He played, uh, and he's and he's won at Torrey Pines before, I believe. So he's done, you know. So he's he's he likes courses that he feels comfortable on. Now, he's won here before. He won here in 2018, and he finished uh, seventh here in 2019. So 
the guy, and, and he's got multiple other um, top 10 finishes, as I alluded to before. So the guy is quality uh, on this course. He knows this course. He likes this course. I think he's coming back to some sort of semblance of, of health. He's had, obviously, the, the Christmas off. The, the, the first one at Torrey Pines, he, I think he finished, uh, I believe, uh, you know, he was definitely in the top top 20 definitely uh and he was um it was an encouraging um uh turnout on a tough course i think on these these last few holes when as you say these birdies and eagle opportunities um that's where gary Wilden tends to shine so i'm gonna and just as, as odds for a pass winner here in the past place getter here 80 to 1 yeah the the unknown is the fact that is he where is he in his um in his comeback but i i'm gonna I'm going to pay to find out, as we say, at 80 to 1. I think each way, that's um, that's nice money for Gary Woodland. So uh, I'm going to go with him. Um, that's my that's my top bet of the week, actually. Um, next bet is Keith Mitchell at 60-61. Uh, his odds came down a bit, actually. He was a bit higher than that. I missed him. I was I was sort of looking at the fields, and then um, uh, and then his odds sort of dropped a little bit. I think you could probably get him maybe higher elsewhere. But um, yeah, 60-61 doesn't feel as in good value as it did before. I think he was more like 80 to 1 as well, or around 70 to 1. So I'm a bit, I'll still take him though, because for the same reasons as well as with um, uh, Woodland, he's a big long hitter. Uh, he's uh, he's a talented player. I've got a lot of time for Keith Mitchell. He's been prominent in, the, in tournaments lately. Uh, I think he's running into some form. He's the kind of guy that can, uh, can, can drop an eagle or two because of that. He's got monstrous um, length of the tee and long second shots. So uh, I think um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm pretty keen on, on Mitchell. Um, my third pick is KH Lee at 100 to 1 here. KH Lee finished second here last year. Um, I think that I think he plays desert courses really quite well. I think he, I think I'm going. I'm, reason I'm going with KH Lee is because a the odds are greater 100 to 1. That's good each way odds. He finished second here last year, so he clearly likes the course. Um, he finished second to Brooks Kepka here, um, and uh, with uh, what, what did he end up on? Um, uh, Two hundred and sixty-six um, strokes going around, just one stroke behind Brooks Kepka. So uh, he won in the desert in his in his first tournament last year. Uh, he's been playing quite well in the last few weeks. Not not great, but not bad. Uh, and I think a hundred to one in a place that he clearly likes he likes desert golf i think this will appeal to him and i think he's a talented player i've got i've got a bit of time for kh lee as long as he gets his keeps it together um uh, he's uh, he's good for me at 100 to 1 and my last pick is um cameron davis at 125 to 1 with star sport that for me feels long for cameron davis for a guy that has is very long and uh and he can turn um par fives into into threes pretty easily he's been he's he's done that many many a time uh, he doesn't have much course form to speak of. That's my only. That's my. That's why he's picked fourth for me. My only worry about Cam Davis is he's not. Um, doesn't seem to have uh, had too much of a go around here, and I'm a bit concerned about that. But once again, 15, 16, 17, 18, and there's up now, and the par five, and the other two par fives. I just think Cameron Davis, if he's in the mood, he's got a great, uh, a great long game, and uh, and I think uh, I, I just think 125 to one made me sort of sit back and go, geez, oh, that that feels long for Cameron Davis, uh, considering he's actually been playing quite quite well this year. So um, those are my four picks this week. Yeah, I don't mind a couple of those. Uh, Craig, a couple came close for me. Um, yeah, KH Lee or TPC Lee, as we should maybe call him. Yeah, um, absolutely loves the players' courses, doesn't he? Mm. Um, tricky to back against him. I just, yeah, a little bit of scratchy recent form, but mm. I remember last year he was excellent. When he came T two last year, if I remember rightly, 
Um, mm. And <laughs> along with Connors, I kind of had an inkling you might be back in. Um, yeah, the, the boy Davis. Um, I think he is long. It's so people have short memories in golf, right? Um, there's always a very much a recency bias um, when you think about Tom Hoagie's price compared to Cam Davis's price, right? Mm. If perhaps after Davis's win, it would be reversed and a bit more, you'd think. Mm. Um, Davis was the one who won at Pebble. So, like you say, you're more than happy to take advantage of the little bit of recency bias that is uh, always evident. Um, Woodland, I like to. Um, yeah, for what it's worth, I got, um, managed to get a bit of Davis. I've been trying a new strategy on uh, the well-known trading platform of backing players on Monday and laying late Tuesday. I found it incredibly interesting um, that virtually two-thirds of the whole field, I did a lot of tracking prices, and two-thirds of the field contracted in price significantly from Monday morning to Tuesday afternoon. So for anyone um, so inclined, it's definitely worth having a look down the list and seeing if you can see much value, putting a few quid on, then getting some free bets on Tuesday afternoon. Um, what I've been spending my week doing anyhow. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a nice tip, Matt. Thank you very much. All right. Well, I think that'll wrap it up for the week. Uh, that was, as I say, we're off to a, we're off and running in the season. A double winner for both of us. So um, I'm really happy about that. Happy for us and happy for Tom. And, uh, and 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 it sounds like a lot of people on Twitter actually backed them. So that's good. We bashed the bashed the bookies. So that's great. Um, so let's uh, let's enjoy watching the Phoenix Open back to a one course format this week. Uh, and uh, let's um, let's chat next week. And good luck, everyone. And thanks for listening. Uh, take care, Matt. Good luck this week. Thanks, Matt. You too. Bye. See you later.